WhatsApp delays new privacy policy to address user concerns, potential Google and Facebook collusion revealed in documents, and Facebook Oversight Board to determine Trump account's future. It's Monday, January 25th, 2020. All of that's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 433 of Brave World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 433 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week, or as close to it as I can, I take the top stories provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and a lot to get through this week, so let's just dive right into it, and let's talk about WhatsApp. So so WhatsApp is delaying a new privacy policy that it planned to roll out in the coming weeks that would have required users to share WhatsApp data with the parent company, Facebook. The decision, it follows concerns from users who did not want their WhatsApp data to make its way onto Facebook servers. Now, Facebook argues that their concerns actually don't line up with what is actually in the policy. So what's going to happen? Well, end-to-end encryption, it's still going to be in place on the platform. But what the policy will allow for is businesses to store messages sent back and forth with consumers, business to consumer, on platform on the platform on Facebook-owned servers. That data will not be used for ad targeting, and private messages between friends and family will still be unaccessible by Facebook. Again, end-to-end encryption. So instead, it's just going to allow businesses to organize all their customer interaction through Facebook services in one place. Now, Facebook... The, the reason they're doing this is they see a lot of potential in creating a business ecosystem of services with shopping on Facebook and Instagram, and then customer service on WhatsApp and Messenger. It wants to tie everything together, and that appears to be what these privacy updates are all about. But the angst around all of this, like really like what WhatsApp is doing, it probably doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but Facebook has doing a terrible job in communicating with their users what this update of privacy policy actually means. And it, it signals larger issues just with the Facebook brand. It's no surprise that the users are skeptical of Facebook's motives and doing anything significant. It's always going to be a struggle when user perceptions are that low. I don't think this is the first time or the last time that we're going to see Facebook try to make some changes to its platform, communicate that to users, and then be met with um, an uproar from users. And whether or not that uproar is justified, it really doesn't matter because perceptions of the Facebook brand are just that low at the moment. All right, let's jump to our next story and talk about maybe one of the reasons trust in Facebook is low. Uh, This is a potential Google and Facebook collusion uh, being revealed. So the digital duopoly shared by Facebook and Google, it was really no accident. There's been... uh, 
One of the headlines that's probably not getting as much talk right now, but I'm sure will in the near future, is this antitrust lawsuit that's going on in Texas. It revealed documents discovered by the New York Times related to a program called Jedi Blue. The deal, it gave Facebook the ability to be much more attractive for ad bidding while guaranteeing a certain amount of support for Google's open bidding platform. It also involved Google actually sharing data with Facebook for better targeting while Facebook committed to spending a certain amount of that money that went to Google. The deal, it ultimately, allegedly, ultimately gave Facebook an advantage over other Google ad partners. It's still unclear if Facebook had guaranteed a win rate in the deal. Now, Google, like from their perspective, the deal is being blown out of proportion. And Facebook says the deal actually increased competition. So it's not a good look for either company, which both are in the midst of multiple antitrust investigations. This isn't the only one that's going on, and it's likely not going to slow down under the new administration. It's it's just not a good look. All right, let's keep going, and let's talk about Facebook's oversight board because Facebook's oversight board is finally getting called in to make a decision. This independent board, it's going to decide whether or not former President Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts will be restored after they were turned off when the president incited a riot at the U.S. Capitol. They're going to remain turned off unless the board decides otherwise. So the board actually has the power to overturn a decision made by Facebook. The, the board, it's been referred to as Facebook Supreme Court in, in that the group can review policy decisions and have the final word on them. In this instance, the former president will be able to make his case, the public will be allowed to comment, and a five-person panel from the board will have 90 days to reach a decision. This this is going to be interesting to watch because one group of people is going to be upset depending on the decision. Like whether you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, you're going someone's going to be upset. It's just a matter of who. But it's also a test of just how much power this board has. Facebook has used the board to just relinquish a lot of decision making, a lot of blame, and now we're going to watch how that actually plays out in what is probably a very high-profile decision, certainly the most high-profile decision this body will will have made to date. All right, that's it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that I didn't discuss earlier. So YouTube is testing product tags for creators to have in their videos. When clicked on by viewers, the tags will allow users to see product information, related videos, also access purchase information. YouTube had had video actions last year. They launched those, but those let just let users click to items featured in ads. This new ability to tag products means that that capability will be brought to creator videos, so not just ads. That means shopping on YouTube may not be far behind. Parler may have found a way to get back online after shutting down when Amazon Web Services concluded Parler had not done enough to limit its role in inciting the insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. It is now partnering with a Russian tech firm for its hosting. It's still not back on either Google or Apple's app stores, and I'm guessing it probably won't be. Concerns are now being raised about users' information being stored on Russian-owned servers. Apple has paywall has a paywalled podcast platform that's in the works. It's also developing an approach to fund new shows. Apple has like they've kind of surrendered their podcast dominance to others like Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, but there are rumblings that it wants to remedy that. Now, Apple Podcasts 
it's still the dominant way people consume podcasts. Apple, so that means Apple may not be far behind. They actually have an audience. They have a platform. All of that's built in. The question is, what's Apple going to do with it? Netflix has undoubtedly been one of the business bright spots of 2020. And despite increased competition, it's they're going strong. In their earnings report, Netflix announced that it added 8.5 million subscribers, surpassing 200 million total. And it's now going to be profitable. Big deal. TikTok is cracking down on privacy for users 16 and younger. It announced that users will no longer be able to duet or stitch with videos posted by anyone under 16. Uh, they won't be able to follow those users or download their content. It also announced child accounts will be private by default. TikTok's user base, it's disproportionately younger, so chances are this affects a good number of people, but the move was deemed necessary for child safety. However, there's, there's probably nothing stopping younger users from finding ways to circumvent the limitations as they always do find a way, but this is meant to increase safety on the platform. Pinterest just announced dynamic pins, which are paid ads with dynamic elements. So these pins will switch out things like copy, pricing, imagery, all based on performance. France has joined Australia in implementing a policy forcing Google to pay subscribers for content previews on Google News. Now, Google responded by removing the previews and just showing headlines, but regulators in France proved their case that such an action was a an abuse of power, and Google has now agreed to comply and pay publishers, in France at least. YouTube uh, has now has dedicated hashtag pages that curate all video content featuring a specific hashtag. It's going to algorithmically order the videos to display just the best ones on top. What's best? Not sure. It's the algorithm's decision. All right. That's it for episode 433 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I do want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at T Wickert. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.